Previously on At The Movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Chaney, and Lou Katz. The Shape of Water, I honestly I like The Shape of Water. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're on a podcast because you probably <laughs> punched me out next. <laughs> uh, Tony Kornheiser's show called it Grinding Nemo. <laughs> <laughs> At the movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Cheney, and Lou Katz begins now. Hello again, this is Lou Katz, and I want to welcome you and yours to the podcast that does its best to keep you informed on the ever-changing world of, yes, entertainment. And as always, we'd like from the top to welcome from WTOP Radio and Vulture, the woman who would never turn down a bag of Trader Joe's popcorn. You know her, you love her, and it's the one and only Jen Cheney. You have a bag of Trader Joe's popcorn? Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell it to you on eBay. All right. And now for your pleasure, your denture-free but long in the tooth entertainment critic and reporter, it's Arch Campbell again. Yes, and these days I'm getting most of my recommendations from my dentist, <laughs> who incidentally worked on Nicole Kidman when she was shooting a movie. She chipped her tooth and uh, they brought her to my dentist and uh, and he got to help uh, fix her tooth. Huh. So there you go. Brush with fame. So speaking of that, here we are. And uh, and it, I always look forward to talking to Jen Cheney and asking uh, the question, which is what's new this week? So a few things to mention. One is uh, the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, which has just landed on Disney+. Plus. It's a Lego animated special. Uh, it riffs a little bit on the original 1978 Star Wars Holiday Special, which is spectacular in its terribleness. Um, if you've never watched it, I highly, highly recommend that you do. But this is really kind of, uh, it, it refers to that in that it takes place on what's called Life Day, a Wookiee holiday that was invented for the purposes of the 1978 special. But it's really an excuse for the for the more recent characters to kind of go back through different scenes from the franchise and revisit old characters. And it's fine. Like if it's you're looking for something to watch with your kids, they'll probably get a kick out of it. But I still think the 1978 one was like bad in so many like creative ways that I just I, I that's I, I still feel an affinity for that one that's just me though Presaging many many creative mistakes to come probably <laughs> <laughs> and, so. uh, there's a new show that just started on ABC called Big Sky which you've probably seen some of the promotions for it's yet another David E. Kelly show without the um, uh, sophistication of Big Little Lies or The Undoing mm -hmm. um, it's set in H Helena Montana and it involves some young women who go missing and a lot of characters with dark secrets. And a lot of people have been talking about the ending of the first episode, which I won't spoil for anyone, but it is very um, jarring and designed to get people talking. I'm still not sure how I feel about this show. I've only watched the first two and I'm not really bowled over by it. I'm also befuddled by the fact that they refer on more than one occasion to a pandemic and yet there is zero evidence otherwise that there's a pandemic. Like no one's wearing masks. There's no social distancing. There's no general sense of anxiety. There's just two pieces of dialogue where they acknowledge that there's a pandemic and I'm not quite sure why they did that. If it's gonna pay off at some point or if it was just a, an attempt to make this seem like more timely, but uh, I, I'm really baffled by it. Um, so there's that. Uh, 
<laughs> a higher recommendation I can give coming later this week mm -hmm. is um, Small Axe starts on mm -hmm. Amazon. Mm -hmm. And this is, it, I don't want to call it a series, but it's not really a film because it's five different films by director Steve McQueen that are all kind of looking at different aspects, some of which is actual history of, um, you know, Caribbean people and, and, and people in, in England. And the first episode which debuts this week, Mangold, is about a real story of a, a restaurant in the 60s in the Notting Hill neighborhood that um, was kind of a meeting place for, for members of the Black Panthers and was therefore, you know, really the police had it on, on their radar and all kinds of unpleasant things went down there and there was eventually a trial and the, the movie really covers all of that. I'm also really partial to the second one called Lover's Rock, which just takes place um, over the course of a party. Um, and I want to say like, seems like 1980, 1979. And it's just so much fun to watch. Uh, it, it reminds you how much you miss going to actual parties and <laughs> dancing and um, it's beautifully shot. So um, a new one of those, there's five of them total and a new one rolls out each week on Amazon starting uh, this Friday. So definitely wow. recommend that. That sounds good. Now, Jen, you have a note on here called the best surprise of the week. And I want to mention that as a tease because uh, as on our Zoom calls, I can see everybody, and I and I desperately want to introduce our guest critic this week because she's nodding and salivating over some of these shows you're talking about. And she is, of course, one of our great friends who reports for numerous sites, including Pajaba, The AB Club, RogerEvert.com, and Vulture. And of course, let's say hello to Rocky Haddad. Yay, Rocky! Thank you, guys. Hey, Rocky. So happy to be here. Thank you. I've heard so many good things about Lover's Rock. Like, I've heard that it is amazing. And the idea of going to a party right now is very appealing. <laughs> so I definitely want to check that one out. And I do feel like it strangely became the year of David E. Kelly. Like, when did that happen? But he has yeah, so much stuff wow. going on. And he has more coming in 2021. Yet another show with Nicole Kidman. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. <laughs> So oh, he's oh. very, become very pro, I mean, he was always pretty prolific, but then there was a little while where he was less so, and now he's just rolling stuff out constantly. Yeah. Rocky, last time you were with us, uh, you had just gotten a gig to uh, discuss and unwind each episode of The Undoing on uh, Vulture. And how's that going? What are you hearing back from people? It has been going well. I think that, so Jen did the initial review of the show for Vulture, and I think Jen highlighted something that's very true is that like each episode does a cliffhanger better than like anything else that happens in the episode like they keep building up to these really effective drop-offs but i think everything else about the show is a little unsatisfying stars shining bright above you night breezes seem to whisper i love you enjoy watching it just sort of in like a perpetual shock as to what's happening but that's been a really good experience it's interesting because i think it's been sparking a lot of conversation from people so some of the comments on the recaps are sort of thought-provoking and have me thinking about the episode in a different way um so i've really enjoyed the experience i just it is so full of david e kelly's like ridiculousness that every so often i'm like would that really happen and it wouldn't that's not really 
really the point. Right. So I'm what, enjoying it, but it's what, absurd. What are people saying to you? What What are you hearing back? Um, a lot of people have some very specific theories as to who could be the killer, because the the point of the show is that it's following yeah. the murder yeah. of uh of this mother and wife, and so a lot of people have very specific theories. And I read the book that it is based on. The novel is called You Should Have Known, but it pretty significantly deviates from that. So I'm also a little bit in the dark. And I heard from the author of the book, she emailed me to say that she was enjoying my recaps, which I thought was very nice. And she said that she also doesn't know who, like what happens in the final episode (laughs) because they like haven't told her, I guess. (laughs) So that's been interesting. It seems like it's really sparked a lot of theories. It seems to me that every week they, uh, they shine a light on a different suspect. And so every week you walk away thinking, oh no, I was wrong. This person did it. <laughs> and everyone is acting so illogically that yeah. each person could have done it. Like, I think that Nicole Kidman is giving an interesting performance, but her character's motivations don't make any sense. Neither does her father's character, played by Donald Sutherland, yeah. or obviously her husband, who is the main suspect, played by Hugh Grant. So it just seems like everybody's making these nonsensical decisions. Whereas if it were me and I was really wealthy, I would just leave New York. Just be like, I don't want to be here. That is probably uh, one of the oldest plots uh, in the world. The uh, the who done it? I mean that that just goes back decades and centuries, and uh, and it's kind of amazing to me that they can still make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think it's really interesting, and I keep bringing up the cliffhangers because the book is not really at all like that. Like the book has one path, and it sort of sticks to it, and it's way more about Grace's journey of like really uncovering who her husband is whereas I feel like all of that stuff the show developed in like an episode and a half and now it's really becoming like a courtroom whodunit sort of drama um so yeah so they keep injecting like you said like new theories and new suspects and stuff I just really have no idea where it goes so I'm sort of glad that it's only six episodes because I don't know how much longer they could elaborate on this (laughs) you know how long is his other gen? Is that a full six guys? Be ten episodes, yeah. Okay, okay. So that's wow. not no, not the heyday of like twenty-two episode seasons, but ten is still pretty solid. Mm-hmm. So, what are you watching other than uh, the Undoing? What do you like these days? What am I watching? I finally caught up with Sofia Coppola's On the Rocks on mm-hmm. Apple TV, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed. Um, mm-hmm. I thought Rashida Jones was really great, and I sort of have a love-hate relationship with Bill Murray and that sometimes I think it just seems like he's barely trying but I really liked him in this and found him very charming so I really enjoyed that I also recently watched Run on Hulu which has Sarah Paulson and that is a thriller from the same creative team that did Searching with John Cho a couple years ago which was that that really yeah that was like that really interesting almost sort of like a choose your own adventure sort of like techno thriller because it really collapsed the fourth wall and this movie isn't nearly that creative which was a little bit disappointing but it made Run. me very afraid of Sarah Paulson <laughs> like this extremely horrified it's on a cross country train so that is that's the TV show. show yeah so that's the TV show run which was on HBO earlier this year this is like a standalone movie that is also named run which is confusing oh um, my goodness yeah but 
but it's like a 90 minute thriller about a mother and her daughter oh wow well yeah. i'm glad i asked yeah there's two i mean it's it is sort of strange i also read that run was originally supposed to come out on mother's day which i think also was when run on hbo was airing and that would have been even more confusing yeah so wow. at least we have a space of some months but you know watching some good stuff watching some not good stuff and then you know just waiting for thanksgiving and seeing what i really want to catch up on on that long weekend so have you seen i'm thinking of ending things yes i did see i'm thinking of ending things is that uh on your uh, uh good list or naughty list <laughs> It's sort of on my naughty list. It just really was not my wavelength. And some Kaufman stuff I really like, like I really love uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. But this I just thought was a little predictable in how the story went. And I just could not really get on board with it. A lot of the times it just felt very weird to be weird. And I love weird things, but I just, it was not... It was not something I particularly enjoyed watching or found very interesting. Did but you I ever uh, pick up on that, Jen? No, I still have to go back and watch that. Uh, so yeah, you got my attention because you have a note, Jen, called the uh, best surprise of the week. <laughs> I suspect you're going to be underwhelmed when I tell you what it is. <laughs> never, never. Uh, because it doesn't actually drop until next Wednesday in time for the Thanksgiving weekend. So I'll, I'll say more about it then. But the embargo for it broke today and it's the new version of saved by the bell which really? i would not have thought <laughs> was going to be that great although <laughs> wigfield is the creator she used to write for 30 rock and she created a show that i think was really underappreciated called great news um which was very funny and is actually on netflix now if you've never seen it she just she handles this in such a smart way which is the, the pilot of the the series which is going to be on peacock it, it really is establishes that zach morris is now the the um governor of california he is still trash. Uh, he <laughs> cut the school budget so drastically and not thought about where all these kids are going to go. And so a reporter goes, hey, why don't you send all these kids at some of these schools to the schools in like, you know, better zip codes with higher, uh, you know, home values. And therefore, this one school in, in a sort of more underprivileged area, all those kids get sent to Bayside. And so it's skewering sort of the sense of privilege at Bayside, but also skewering this whole idea of just like how in a bubble like that show was and how silly it was and it's just so the, the pilot I, I don't think I've laughed more at a first episode of a show all year the second two that I've seen are not quite as strong as that first one but 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 it's still funny and and really wry and smart and um I was I was not expecting that it, I was really really pleased so I'll say more about it maybe next week but I'm telling you saved by the bell I just who, who would have thunk but I'm Thank glad you me. brought up Peacock because I noticed that uh, HBO Max has finally signed a deal with Amazon Prime and I'm wondering when Peacock is going to do that because I tried to download their lousy app and it uh, uh, jumped and and uh, and tweaked and did everything I didn't like, and so I uh, erased it. When is Peacock gonna uh, get serious and put their app where I can get it? And Jen knows because I yell, "When are we getting a Roku deal?" That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Back to Jen. That's it. Oh, oh, well. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these services, and and I think Peacock is one of them. The the UI on the, on these things is not ideal. 
deal. And I, I have to say, I was thinking about this when I was watching Saved by the Bell. Like, I don't know if people are going to find it on Peacock. I'm like, this is this would be a great thing for them to put on NBC when they have nothing. Right. <laughs> and maybe they will. Maybe they'll they'll they're trying to get people to to go to Peacock and then they'll put it on in a gap when they when they need to fill something. Um, because some of the networks have been doing that. Like CBS has been doing that a little bit. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Okay. You'll let me know, right? Because I'm Finn. very <laughs> mad at Peacock right now. I went I, I went through the whole thing to download their app and it didn't work. And, you know, I've spent like two hours. On two hours? Oh, you know, I went through a back door and then I drove to Baltimore. You know, it, I drove to Baltimore? <laughs> <laughs> Allegorically. I, I feel like I need to spend like maybe like, I'm not saying Peacock's great, but maybe you need like a, you know, the geek squad to come over and help you also. Well, I think I need a smarter TV. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So I know that. So I want to mention a couple of things very quickly. First, uh, I tape Saturday Night Live on my uh, Comcast system, and they pick up everything named Saturday Night Live. And uh, NBC shows a classic episode Saturdays at 10 p.m. And last Saturday, they showed an episode hosted by Martin Short in the late 90s. And uh, it included, I think, the very first episode of Celebrity Jeopardy. And it was so nice. And they turned it into uh, a really lovely tribute to uh, Alex Trebek. And then they showed a little bit of the episode when he showed up. And then they uh, they tagged it with um, who's the greatest uh, quiz show host of all time. And the answer is uh, Alex Trebek. So it was just, it was a lovely tribute and so funny. Celebrity Jeopardy. And the, uh, they couldn't get any answers going. So finally, they just went to uh, Final Jeopardy, which is what lake did they name Salt Lake City for? (laughs) 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 Let's see. Uh, Martin Short played Jerry Lewis, so he uh, answered with uh, an outline of his hand. (laughs) And uh, uh, Daryl Hammond was uh, uh, Sean Connery, and he answered swords. because they had S words as a category. And Norm uh, MacDonald was on as uh, Burt Reynolds and his answer was Alex Trebek. <laughs> so I just loved seeing that. The other thing, I, and I, I want to get your reaction to this. My wife and I just went nuts for the fourth season of The Crown. In fact, we've stayed up late every night this week and we've watched all 10 episodes. And uh, of all the things I've seen this year, I would say the fourth season of The Crown is uh, one of the greatest, if not the greatest. Uh, And Gillian Anderson's portrait of Margaret Thatcher is uh, the stuff of of awards. Uh, And I know you talked about The Crown some last week, but I just want to throw out our reaction to The Crown and see what you two think. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was uh, great, too. I don't know that it's the best thing I've seen this year. In fact, it didn't even crack my top 10. Oh, (laughs) you're tough. Than I am. But it was it was it was in the top twenty. Let's say that. And uh, you know, it's funny the Margaret Thatcher her portrayal. Like initially, it was grating on me, and then I reminded myself, oh. well, it's grating on me because Margaret Thatcher is very grating and important, and this is exactly <laughs> yes. what. She-
what she sounded like. So it, it is a great, a great performance. And um, yeah, I, I definitely really enjoyed it. Rocky, what did you think? I have never seen an episode of The Crown. No oh, way. No. Yeah, I'm not really? that interested. I just, I, I don't want to spend my time with the British monarchy. So I have <laughs> not <laughs> watched an episode ever. Instead, I've been spending my time watching that German time travel show, Dark, on Netflix, right. which I'm enjoying and is weird and sort of you know overcomplicated but that has been enjoyable but every time I log on to Netflix it's like don't you want to watch The Crown I'm like no I don't let's <laughs> continue well, along see, my I way <laughs> one of the strengths of The Crown is yes none of us are particularly have no idea that it would be interesting and they make an uninteresting uh, subject uh, highly interesting and they almost they even give you a little bit of sympathy for the royal family uh, other than Prince Charles <laughs> comes off as the biggest dolt in the world. Well, right. I, 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 you know what? I take exception. I think, mm -hmm. especially in previous seasons, you do feel some sympathy for Prince Charles. Uh, less so in season four. Yeah. But I, I think they try to give everybody nuance. But one of the things I do like about the show is that there's always at least one episode that really focuses in on an aspect of history that you don't, or at least I didn't right. know about, like right. the Uber yes. fan episode last year about that avalanche that was so awful. Mm -hmm. um, and then this year, it's the the Fagan episode about the, the guy who broke into the palace, not once, but mm -hmm. twice, mm -hmm. and went into the queen's bedroom and sat on her bed and just like had a conversation with her. Um, my husband was in the room watching some of that with me and he's like did this really happen i'm like it did really happen yeah. so there's stuff like that that i mean I, I understand why you might not think you're interested and maybe you still wouldn't be but it, it's it's uh it unearths, unearths some stuff that is uh pretty compelling so uh we're we're just over the moon and and actually uh we're uh, grieving today because we watched all 10 episodes oh no and what are we gonna do now <laughs> well that's it you run out of television <laughs> it's over that's it that's the end <laughs> so i don't know lou how about you are you guys watching the crown uh not yet we haven't started yet but but my wife wendy has watched the first three seasons and uh, she's anxious to to uh start watching season four but arch i have something for you to watch this weekend yeah it's on amazon prime it's a new human dog reality show <laughs> It's a series starring gold medalist skier Lindsey Vaughn. It's called The Pack. Woof. <laughs> and Hound Radio has teamed up with Amazon Prime to shamelessly promote this event starting on Friday. So here's more about it right now. It's never in a million years that I think I'd be able to travel the world with my dog. Hound Radio is a dog lover's best friend. And we're unleashing exciting news about The Pack, a brand new Amazon original series. It's an unscripted competition reality show featuring human dog teams in an epic global adventure and hosted by Lindsey Vaughn, avid dog lover and three-time Olympic medalist and her dog Lucy, a Cavalier King Charles. We're going to take 12 dogs and their partners. They'll travel to beautiful countries and compete in epic challenges. At stake is a life-changing $500,000 going to the winners and $250,000 for the animal charity of their choice. The series premieres on Prime Video Friday, November 20th with a packed weekend, which kicks off the Pack Walk Challenge, a month-long virtual walking challenge, and a chance to win a dog prize pack from the pack. Just go to houndradio.com for more details. Make 
no bones about it. The Pack is coming to Amazon Prime November 20th. You are my best friend and we've got some things to do. And Hound Radio is drooling. Don't miss it. At the Movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Chaney, and Lou Katz comes to you from the secret underground bunker studios of the Katz Podcasting System. Well, here we are, and this is the point in the podcast where we turn it over to Jen Chaney with flashbacks and favorites. Her favorite moment to embarrass the rest of us, or at least tweak us a little bit. Jen, what's on your mind? Well, there was a big uh, GQ profile this week of George Clooney, mm-hmm. um, because he has a new Netflix movie coming out very soon. Oh. So I am curious to know, what is your favorite George Clooney movie? Oh, wow, wow. Rocky looks like she's got something on her mind. I'm just gonna burst, but I'll let Arch go first <laughs> if he has oh. an idea. Well, right off, the t- right off the bat, I'm gonna say Michael Clayton. I downloaded it the other night, watched it again. It completely holds up, and it's just a lovely movie. That was my choice, too. <laughs> really? It's so good. Yes, I love it, it so, so much. You are the senior litigating partner of one of the largest, most respected law firms in the world. You are a legend. I'm an accomplice. You're a manic depressive. It so well captures the anger of a certain kind of, like, individual frustration with the corporations that rule us, mm-hmm. and I love it very much, and I feel like it would be a perfect doubleheader with, like, killing them softly or something else that sort of like distills a lot of anger but I love that movie and honestly I think it's hard to say a George Clooney movie I don't like except for maybe The Monuments Men I did not Mm. like that one but yeah Michael Clayton is great I deeply love all of the movies in the Oceans trilogy Out of Sight I mean come on Out of Sight is great yeah Yeah. so that GQ profile was wonderful I really loved reading that and it made me realize that I miss George Clooney very much. What's his movie uh, that's that's upcoming? Oh, now you're asking me to give you actual oh. information. I'm trying to think <laughs> of it. Is it Midnight Sky? Or did I yeah, make that up? Yeah, thank you. That's yeah. It, it's a, it yes. doesn't land on Netflix until next month. Um, and I have not seen it, but they're obviously doing the promotion, promotional stuff. That, for a little is bit that there. a remake of something or is that because it's out, the title sounds familiar. I don't think so, but I could be mistaken. It sort of looks like George Clooney's Ad Astra. Like it looks like another yeah. bad dad space movie, which yeah. I love. Sky. But yeah. Anyway, since no one asked me my answer, I'll just go ahead and start. Um, yes, well, yes. <laughs> Sorry, Jen. <laughs> well, I, but I'm lost here because I'm thinking of the other ones that I love, including uh, The Descendants. Oh, that's oh yeah, like Descendants you. is so good. And uh, what was that really wacky one? He made a wacky one. Uh, well, and then, of course, Good Night and Good Luck. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get Syriana. much Syriana, he's so good in Syriana. Syriana is wonderful. Permanently in that movie. Yes. Yes. All right, Jen, what's yours? Did we cover it? Yes. No, you haven't yet. Okay. What is it? I ha- and, and I have a story about it too. Um, oh, good. I, I mean, I, there are many like you guys, there's more than one, but I really love Up in the Air. I think that's such a great, great movie. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those where it's, if it's on, not that I flip channels that much anymore, but if I am doing that and I see it, I will stop and I will watch it. I just think it's such a great romantic comedy and it just, it uses his, his gifts in that area so beautifully. Um, 
And, and it captured another thing, you know, that uh, he's a professional layoff guy. I work for a company that lends me out to cowards that don't have the courage to sack their own employees, and for good reason. Who are you, man? Because people do crazy stuff when they get fired. I'm gonna need your key card. I saw it at uh, the Toronto Film Festival and went from that screening to a screening of The Men Who Stare at Goats, another Clooney movie, not, not as much of a great one, and then went mm -hmm. from that to a party that was being held for The Men Who Stare at Goats. They put all of us on a bus and we drove to I, like somewhere outside of Toronto where I was like, if something happens to me, I don't know where I am. <laughs> and it was at some house where they had actual goats in cages. <laughs> strange and possibly inhumane um and george clooney was there and oh, man. among other people jason bateman was there there were uh, all kinds uh, of uh, random people and I've, I've seen him at various events and he's always just so at ease people are you know coming up to him he's so cool about it all these waitresses are like what can i get you what can i get you um, and i went up and i started talking to him and the, and the first thing i said to him was wow I, I i saw two of your movies today and he was like that's a lot of me in one day <laughs> So, that's I my love George that. Clooney story. That's great. One of my many George Clooney stories. He also called me a chicken shit once. Oh. Jen, how are you not going to tell us that story? That was when we were, when I was at the Post and we were interviewing him for Good Night and Good Luck. And the way we used to do videos at that time, like they wouldn't film the, the interviewer. They would just, our videographer would film the, the subjects uh -huh. and like sort of edit it in such a way that you'd understand what they were talking about. And Clooney was expecting there to be a camera behind him to shoot me and there wasn't. And he was like, what, are you too chicken shit to be on camera? And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> he I was, love he that. in an affectionate way he wasn't being mean it was very funny i'm happy to be called a chicken shit by him any day of the week george clinton's uh, base can say whatever he wants to me that's yes. fine yeah yeah i want to put in a word for hail caesar that's the one i was trying to oh, think yeah. about we could have a whole george clooney film festival and i think uh you know never get tired mm -hmm. so um uh lou you got a you got a george clooney favorite all the ocean series movies i love and and i'm also with you guys Guys on uh, Up in the Air. I thought that was great. Anna Kendrick. Yeah. I thought that was one of his better movies. I never really loved him in the Batman thing, but you know. Oh, no, oh right. Yeah. <laughs> no. So shall we end with some best bets? What what are we plugging this weekend? Rocky, what do you like? Uh, what are you telling people to watch? Oh man, um, you know I I would tell people to watch On the Rocks. I do feel like if you are a Sofa Coppola fan, this very much continues her whole vibe. And I actually thought it might have been the happiest Coppola movie, and that I think it ends in a way that is very optimistic about how you can sort of shift from being more confident in your relationships and in who you are and I really I really enjoyed that and I would also plug Dark because it's very easy to watch and I personally like time travel stuff a lot and I think that it does this fairly thoughtfully the third one is giving me a little bit of pause so far because it switches things up in a way I don't like but I'm enjoying it and if I recall correctly this is another show that Jen wrote about for Vulture so I found her pieces yeah. and read them and felt, you know, like I had a better grasp of what was going on. So those are my suggestions. Well, I'm telling everybody I know about The Crown. I, I just, I'm so uh, impressed with everything about it. The uh, the history, the uh, the detail, the acting, the scripts, the uh, the interest of it. I'm, I'm just, I'm blown away by it. Jim? I'm going to recommend um, for people who didn't watch it to go back and watch The Good Lord Bird, which is 
a limited series that was just on Showtime. And I feel like not enough people watched it or talked about it. And it's so well done. And um, it's based on uh, the novel by James McBride. And it's it's really looking at John Brown, the abolitionist, some of that history mm, yeah. through the eyes of a, a, a young black boy who he, he mistakes for a girl <laughs> and, and who is, is, is kind of following him on this journey eventually toward Har- Harper's Ferry. Ethan Hawke is so, so amazing in this role. Um, so if you haven't seen it, go back and check it out. Where is that? No time. Okay, great. Jen won't do it, but I will. She did an amazing interview with Ethan Hawke for Vulture that blew my mind. So also read Jen's amazing interview. Thanks, Very good. And uh, that's a good uh, reminder for me to tell everybody that Jen is on WTOP and on Vulture and that Rocky is on Pajaba, the AV Club, RogerEbert.com and Vulture. And I am on this podcast with Luke Katz <laughs> and uh, very grateful to be on it with you all. It's always great fun. So Luke, Agreed. can you wrap us up? Actually, Arch, I can help wrap things up since Jen just did her flashbacks and favorites feature and made that one on George Clooney. I've come up with some music from George and his 2000 movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, give this a listen. He's not a bad singer. In the meantime, have a great week and we'll be back for your Thanksgiving week podcast right here. I- This is the CATS Podcasting System.